What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We've got a couple of great guests with us. We've got Kathleen in Black is back. We've got Shannon Smith with her, and we're talking all about how to put rocket fuel underneath your sails and uh, do it with inside sails. So we've got a bunch of stuff to, uh, to talk about. Uh, my internet is a little slow, so I'm probably going to take a back seat on this particular episode. But first, the junior grandmaster himself is in the co-pilot seat, Greg McDaniel. What's up today? Hey, man, it is a Friday. I'm pumped, ready to rock and roll. I'm excited about the show today. We're going to talk about so much cool stuff. I mean, we're going to talk about inside sales, how to do it accurately, how to not step in the big giant pile of Mirtha that a lot of people do when they do inside sales because they just don't know what they don't know. So I, uh, I'm excited about it. I also get to go over and uh, spend the weekend in the city. I'm going to a beer fest this weekend, which... As we all know, I don't like beer at all, so I'm, I'll have to suffer through it, Matt. Maybe if it was a coffee fest like you like to go to, maybe I could enjoy it more, but I don't know. <laughs> He's giving me the weirdest look on planet Earth. Anyways, guys, hey, welcome. Every day is a coffee fest. <laughs> and yeah, at Star Starbucks should like they should name a chair after you at Starbucks, like the Johnson chair, because you like have a permanent butt indent right there because you're always sitting at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Only at the good ones. Exactly. Only with views of the beaches, right? Okay. Guys, um, Kathleen and Shannon, welcome to the show, guys. Shannon, introduce yourself. You're their first time here, so tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll get to Kathleen, who's been here with us before. Shannon, tell us a little bit about you. Hey, everyone. So I've been working with Kathleen over the last decade, and um, what I'm really known for is my inside sales background. So through the systems that we created in the company here, I was able to create the largest inside sales department in all of Canada, where we were producing over 200 deals per year, purely from online leads only. Uh, we didn't have anything else coming into the department, and it was an incredible success. And luckily, I think it was last year, one of the coaching company or clients rather that we were training with this company surpassed that per year. And so we just have incredible success with inside sales and how to do it properly. That's awesome. Now, Kathleen, tell me a little bit about you so the viewers that watched us before, they can remember uh, your last interview and kind of a little bit about you. Yeah, so we, same thing, well, over a decade now, it's full-time working with awesome people who like building teams. So I'm really lucky I get to work with people who like to push the envelope, see what's possible and how quickly they can. And people really want to get aligned to live their best lives. And I find teams are great environments to really live our best life. And that's what I'm all about. This business is to leverage, to be able to, you know, contribute and help people as much as possible and be as efficient as possible when we do it. So we have a lot of fun. And inside sales is one of the areas that we really like to support big teams because it gives them massive, massive edge, really. It really does. It honestly really does. Now, when you guys got into this business 10 years ago, was it your goal to create a company that would be handling teams doing three to 500 deals and more? Or did you want to start off and just solve the initial problem of how in the heck do we get inside sales to work for the average agent? And what was that process look like? Or as you guys would say in Canada, the process, pro you don't say the process, you say process. I think process. Um, <laughs> tell us the process, you know, how, how this kind of built into, it, into what it is today. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, well, Shannon was actually, you know, working in inside sales for years. So she has hands-on experience and we'll probably get around to that later. But no, the initial vision was to help people who are very entrepreneurial, people who wanted to scale, wanted to leverage, they wanted to be able to accumulate more more wealth, more ability to have, re how do I say it differently? People who wanted to have more reserves to deliver a better client experience and be able to not make it just all about themselves. Like really it was team first. So we didn't start out um, just helping individual agents with inside sales because we see it as an evolution. So we help individual agents become stronger with their sales systems, with their sales techniques so that they can produce more and eventually by the time they keep producing more the byproduct is they need to leverage they need to scale and they want to do it with increasing their client experience not diminishing it so we see it that you evolve up into inside sales and actually one of the things we might talk about today is it's a big mistake to bring in inside sales in too soon typically um, so it's more geared um, unless you're using like a your uh, what is the word I want to say you're contracting an outside service unless you're doing that it's really mm -hmm. geared for existing teams so Shannon, with you being boots on ground um, mm -hmm. and you're being able to see it from a caller doing the day-to-day -day and now on the management and uh, you know so on and so forth, what are the insights that you've been able to bring to the actual clients that you're talking to saying, hey, look, I've been boots on ground. I know what the process is. I know what's going on. This is where people are kind of messing up. You know, what's one of maybe, maybe and I'd like to hear from both of you, but Shannon, number one from you, since you've been in the ground on boots on ground so much, what's the number one problem that people face both in hiring and outside inside sales, and once you get them, keeping them and making them effective. So the number one thing is, I think the common misperception, and I think we were talking about it earlier, was just simply that you can pretty much just hire anybody for the position. And the reality is, if I can go back for a second, the reason why we created this position, and this just goes back to the importance of the personality, is because we realized that outside sales agents, Forte, is to actually meet people face to face and turn the deals. If they get an online lead that comes in who says, yeah, I'm ready today, they're all over it. But if they get an online lead that says, hey, I'm not actually ready for probably a year or so, the chances that they're ever going to follow up with them is slim to none, which means that's money the company's invested that's now being dropped, right? So we implemented an inside sales department to try to capture all those leads and nurture them along until they're ready to turn the deal. So where it goes back to what you're asking is we want to make sure that we do a lengthy recruiting process so that you get somebody who, even though it's a lengthy process, sticks through it, does everything they can to get this job, and is a specific personality type that is willing to dial two to 300 dials per day. And that is a hard personality. And not only that, they have to be able to have the personality to connect with people, to build relationships quickly, build rapport, because this is people's biggest investment. Yeah. So it can become very difficult to keep people, for sure. You know, do the people, when you hire the inside sales, what kind of personality type are you looking for? Cause so I mean, if you're familiar, oh, no, I'll just say for me, like me, I'm a high D, high I. I mean, you, I might not be the right one because you want someone a little bit more like Matt, a little bit more systematic. I'm like all over the place with my pants on fire. And <laughs> Matt's like, no, 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 stupid, get back here. You know, we got to do this right. Right. So what do you look for in that, in that kind of person? Because a lot of people just don't know what they're looking for. Like, I didn't know what I looked for when I hired my first ISA. 
for sure. So funny that you say you're a DI. I'm actually a DI as well. And I was really ill-fitted really for the position. I was better for more of an outside sales. But the reality is, is it gave me the lifestyle I wanted where I could earn six figures and only work 30 to 35 hours per week. Um, so, But really, you don't want a bunch of D personalities in an inside sales department because they'd be all fighting with each other. Really what you want is an IS personality. I gives you the ability to build that rapport and get that comfort, but S makes them follow the system and the system's so good that it brings you to a natural close and that's the ideal personality. That's a little bit of D never hurts. No, a bit, if it's ID, that's better, but a DI, you don't want a little to run the department great, but. <laughs> Exactly. So Kathleen, same for you. You know, what are some of the struggles that you've witnessed with the clients, maybe a little bit different than what Shannon has seen, that people can kind of have their eyes opened up to when they're building their team, they're getting, they're going from that single agent to, to their first assistant. It might be a virtual assistant, it might be an ISA, it might be inside sales, it might be something, but what would be a struggle and what would you recommend? Would it be inside sales? Would it be outside sales? Would it be a personal assistant? Would it be all three wrapped into one person? Uh, well, uh, we work in levels because I think it's really important to, um, uh, you know, for for people to see it visually and know where they're going. Like my head thinks it's like DNA, right? It's like, okay, this, and then you go this, and then you go this. So I need to see the strategy. But typically for us, we see an unlicensed um, assistant as being your best first hire uh, for multiple different reasons. One, because it's going to challenge you to actually slow down and get systematic in your business and be able to communicate all of the steps in the process. So it's going to challenge me for, hey, what is licensed, what's unlicensed, it's gonna expand my mind into what is actually scalable because I find often as agents on our own, we think we are everything and we have to do everything. And the minute you start to actually document it, get a process, hand it off, it just lays the foundation to go wait. Like this this past year, I stopped coaching. Like I never thought I'd run a coaching company and not coach, but it started when I started to have the ability to have somebody else do other parts of the business and then be able to train other people. It's all the same mindset, right? So we want yeah. to set that mindset that you can duplicate, you can process. So for us, um, bringing in inside sales actually at our team level six, team level two is unlicensed assistant. So it's, it's definitely at a different progression um, in our world, so to speak. Interesting. That is really interesting. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a first time agent, right? And I come to you guys and say, I made round numbers, a hundred grand last year. I'm I can't handle this all on my own. You know, you're going to say, okay, we're going to give you an uh, inside sales to handle all these follow-ups. How many hours a week should I have them? So, okay, so our recommended time to bring in inside sales is when you have three to four agents with you. Um, when you have three agents who are actually up, who are strong, who are selling, that's the ideal time because they know the work it takes to actually call those leads consistently over a long period of time. They know that like an inside sales could spend 12, 18, 24 months talking to somebody to book an appointment. And you know, if an agent doesn't understand that, they can show up and be like, oh, I'm super busy Saturday. I'm just gonna call them and try to rebook. And then what happens? Of course, the person gets dropped off, they cancel, they no show, whatever happens, our chain of commitment is broken. And now the inside sales going, are you kidding me? Like, I've just called this person for two years. So we find there has to be some certain beliefs, culture, value, our values in the culture um, that understands and kind of has reverence for those appointments. So instead of seeing them as garbage, being like, no, 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 like somebody spent a huge amount of time while I got to travel or be with other clients or for me, go to yoga, whatever, um, in order for me to be face to face and do what I love. So so we want to have three to four agents who are up, who are productive, who know what prospecting means. And instead of paying the agents more per transaction as a promotion, we're instead going to do, again, what we know. 
my belief in leverage and scale is it's not about the team leader getting rich. That's not what it's about. It's about everybody having a better lifestyle. So if I'm a producer and I'm going, hey, I'm capped. Guess what? You sold me into this model and I'm working these hours, but I can't do anything more now. And I want to grow. I'm not going to stay here if I'm not growing. Okay, cool. I've got 10 different levels of how I'm going to take duties off your plate. So you can do more with your time. You can either make more money. You can take more time off. You can go and travel, do whatever you love whatsoever. And inside sales is one of those pieces. So it starts with unlicensed activities and then moves up to even licensed activities, which anyone who sells knows is a pretty beautiful thing to have that happen, right? (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Um, So at that point also, now you have a recruit basis. Like to have an inside sales department is a massive value calling card for recruitment. It is huge. And it's going to strengthen your processes because your business is worth more. It's less risky for somebody to buy your business. It's easier for you to walk away from your business with inside sales because everything's now replaceable in a way like not the people's talent but we're able to put other people in those positions so once you have three to four strong selling agents when new agents come in they're going to model the other people and go okay wow these appointments are good they are worth something okay we treat these people different our sales systems are different we're not doing a repeat and referral approach with people who just who want value and information right so it, it tests how well you built the foundation to leverage all your different how am I going to say this easily every time you go up a, a level in leverage in our team building model it tests an area of your business so when you bring inside sales in it's going to test how strong your sales conversion are who's actually using presentations is their tracking legit all of a sudden we have this beautiful pure tracking numbers right from the department mm-hmm. And it's going to create other people come in and follow the way versus the first couple, you know, you're ironing out kinks, right? I hope I explained that right. I might not have. I want to No, you, you did a really good <laughs> job explaining it. No, you did a great job. It was very, very insightful and in-depth in regards to kind of where you guys are coming from. One of the things I think a lot of people might not get is, you know, they think like, okay, it's going to be inside sales or it's going to be tech. You know, there's, I can't have a person and a computer working to bring me leads. You know, Shannon, with you on the ground for so long, if Gene was here, I'd love to have him chime in on this, is, you know, is there a way just, do you have them just do calls or do you have them, you know, doing digital and social media farming as well and then, you know, gathering all of those leads and putting them into one funnel and then watching the follow-up from that funnel or do you just have them doing calls? Lay that out for me just a little bit because I'm fascinated on how that looks because in my mind, and again, I'm just a peon, a beginner on this, I mean, you know, you guys are giants mentally when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, is there a blend or are there two totally different separate buckets? Okay. So I understood your question kind of in two different ways. So I'll answer both. Okay, uh, initially, good. When we're, <laughs> initially, when we're getting the leads, it is definitely a mix of different things. So it could be Facebook leads. It could be fully unbranded leads that we buy from a third-party company uh, where people have went into a specific area, searched for a specific price range in a specific area, and um, whatever, wherever the leads come from, typically it is some sort of social media, then they come in and we all convert them the same way. Uh, but at the end of the day, when it comes to converting them, yes, we do call them. We have certain ways we call them, how many times we call them, how often, whether it's blocked or unblocked, until we determine that, hey, we just can't reach that lead and we don't want to have a case filed for harassment so we want to stop at that point but the thing <laughs> of it is, is some people some people when they don't if they're trying to convert leads on their own because they haven't gotten to the point where they can have an inside sales yet and we're trying to teach them sometimes they do do part of the process automated so whether it be that a text goes out initially or some sort of message or video to try to help them to get some people who are more serious and answer right away 
Does okay. that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it totally does. Absolutely. And this is something that you, an agent and you guys help structure that people can literally set up and it can be a never ending and growing part of their business. It's not going to just stay in one stagnant, you know, size. It won't be like, okay, one or two people. It can go to, I'm going to go to a ridiculous number. They could have like 50 inside sales if they wanted to grow their industry to that size. But it's just, a, it's only thing that's holding them back is their own mindset and their own, you know, their own systems that will allow them to go to that level, right? Because you guys, you guys can make it happen. Absolutely. And the only other thing you need is on the other end, the outside sales team, because you don't have too many inside sales that you've got so many appointments being booked that you don't have enough outside sales team to be able to handle them. But to answer your question, absolutely. It can be as big as you want. And we do deal with teams that are doing five, 600, 700 deals and more. Uh, and you, they have a great you, size. You guys, that was a great question that was just posed. And it gets to the point of this, is that people are ambitious. They want to be number one. They want to be the best in their marketplace. They want to beat Steve down the street who's been, always been a dick, right? And now you want to beat him because you get the money to do it. Well, here's the thing. At what level of lead is too much? Where does it become a negative impact on their business? When do you see agents start to drown in leads? And when you pull back on it, you're like, okay, hold on. We're going to stop giving you leads right now. You have too much. Your quality of service has gone into the toilet. You know, when do you, do you have those conversations with clients going, hey, no, 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 no. I know you want to kill Steve. That's cool. But you're going to kill your own business if you don't slow down. So, yes, there's definitely parameters that we have in place that you need to be very careful. Like, number one, I always tell people never ramp up on leads until you actually know the scripts and the systems in order to convert them. Because the number one thing I hear on the phone is agents say, oh, I spent a ton of money on online leads, got lots of garbage. I couldn't do anything with them. But this is a gold mine if you actually know the proper scripting in order to convert them. But the reality is you need to learn that first. And then once you start ramping it up, you still have to understand that these are leads in the early process so a lot of them are going to be follow-ups you can only call so many people in a day and if your daytimers twice or three times what it should be to call you're not going to handle any of the leads properly so yes we definitely have parameters in place that you shouldn't be going beyond a certain point to make sure that you at least get your return on investment I'm so glad you said that. There's so many people that don't do that they'll just fill your bucket with leads and then they're gonna be like well that's up to you to do better so Kathleen question for you when it comes to timelines from getting the lead, right, with the initial contact with the lead, you know, Matt and Julie and the three obese wood silking, insulin, wood denting babies that he has, you know, the lead comes in, how long until they become an actual prospect? Because they're, they're a suspect, you know, a, a lead, a prospect, and a client. So when they become actually viable and then closing, what's that kind of average timeline so that people can have an idea of hiring an inside sales going, okay, so I hired, you know, I hired an inside sales today. X amount of time is when I should start seeing the bucket full and the lead starting to come to fruition. Yeah, so there's, okay, so there's two, we don't necessarily do the lead, the prospect, we call them like duds or your scrap, right, or whatever, right? Like whoever, we have a system for that, so whoever you don't get a hold of, essentially at the end of you following that system, they just become a dud, because we don't want to have a lot of mental focus on it. Like we track it, of course, but a little bit different. So we have the leads that um, come in. We typically recommend there's going to be initial investment period minimum of four to six months in order for you to start to see some turnover. To get the full effect, you need a minimum of 12 months, because because the reason I say that is, as Shannon just mentioned, and we all know with online, the majority of the opportunities are in follow-up, 100%. So I need enough time that those follow-ups, so it's like a chain, right? So I've got my new ones going, 
and I'm starting to book some of them, but I don't have the other side of the chain linked yet until I start to book some of the follow-ups that I've been calling. So I need at least four to six months to have the new people I'm talking to, and then all those follow-ups I keep talking to should be building, building, building. So I always know it's a warning sign when people are like, well, I don't have enough people to call. I'm like, wait a minute, you've been on the phones three months now. You should be requiring less new leads because your follow-up should now be coming into your dialing list. They should be filling some of that. So I always know there's a systematic problem, and sometimes they aren't setting their follow-up plan. They don't have to work them properly. Sometimes we've missed stuff. I've had teams where literally they weren't setting their follow-up plan. I'm going, you have no idea. Like the bulk of your gold is all there. You're going to have to go back through every single lead, check the notes and go back because they're so focused on the now appointment and that's not yeah. where the majority of the money is. So it's, it's, it's an issue. So no, it's not. No. You know, I was just going to interject and in agreeing with you on that one. You know, so four to six months and, you know, you really need a full calendar year for this to come to fruition um a lot agents that may be on that that real razor's edge of, of financing i mean mm -hmm. would you recommend them getting an inside sales or maybe even splitting this with another agent so they go 50 50 on this thing you know a b a b flopping back and forth on the leads or you know how how would you recommend someone who's hungry who's aggressive but just might mm -hmm. might be just just a little bit shy on the finances well I mean, you can get really, here, here's the thing, it's, I, I missed saying something quite important. It's four to six months of having the leads, in that, like incubating them once you're trained. Like we track it, the difference between trying to use uh, work with online leads and having no system and just going, hey, I'm going to figure it out versus an actual inside sales is seven times the return. Seven times. Whoa. Like that's massive. And the problem, the most dangerous thing is oh, I'm brand new with the leads. OK, they're not working. All right. The lead company is giving me this kind of script. I watched one video. OK, I'm going to try something. And the worst thing that can happen, and this is going to sound cruel, but there's a reason. The worst thing that can happen is they get a deal or two because they get a deal or two and they're like, well, I paid this for the online leads. I got a return. I guess it's worthwhile. And they have no idea how much money is going out the window because they're discrediting the training and the conversion system for the marketing opportunity. And it's a huge issue, right? It's the same thing as, hey, you know what? I'm going to have this system that just texts and emails and I never have to pick up the phone again. Why? Because I don't want to and I'm an agent. So I'm going to buy into that and I get this small taste of success and I just throw everything else out the window. So I'd say if you're hungry for it, like invest in learning the conversion system for First, and then you're going to have to do what all of us do, put a bit of money, invest it, take a big risk, burn your bridge and go, I've got to make this work. And when yeah. you have to make it work, you'll build on it and wait until you get a return and then invest a little bit more. Like, you know, I invest heavily back into my business. I could take all that income, but you know what? In four years when I could take a lot more income, hey, like that's a better prospect to me. So sometimes you got to kind of pinch in other areas to take a risk in your business. Like I can, I, because if you partner with somebody else, there can be. There can be issues with that. Like we try to go client first and there's always the issue of who got the appointment and who should it be. And yeah, it plays out kind of in interesting ways. Yeah, it does. You know, it absolutely does. And I think that you're right on that. When it comes to betting on someone, I would always bet on yourself because that's the one person you could ultimately completely control. I actually just did it recently myself. I bought into an investment company. And it was not a small amount of money, <laughs> let's put it that way. But the reason why I bought into it is because what I'm going to have to do is do what I always do, right? I know that I can do what I do. And I think that anyone who's looking to better themselves and get to a better, higher level in real estate, they need to, number one, look at themselves and say, where do I want to go? As weird as that sounds, set up a freaking game plan. How strange. Yeah. Then they talk to people like yourselves and say, okay, who is the best at their game? 
that I need to plan on to talk to when I get to X, Y level, right? Mm-hmm. And then they reach out to you guys ahead of time. Do you ever do forecasting with clients? You know, Shannon, do you, do you look at someone and say, all right, Matt is not a good fit for inside sales or Matt is a phenomenal fit for inside sales and we'll recommend this plan for him so then he or the agent can then budget down the road and be like, okay, I'll take 10% of every one of my deals and scroll it away until I got my nest egg where I can start my inside sales for the four to six months and I guarantee you on my track record, I can then fulfill my next 12 months on growing my business. So do you guys work with clients like that? Sure. I mean, ultimately with my DI personality, I... I'm brutally honest when I think people are going to be great or not great in inside sales, but absolutely we do forecasting. And even with the inside sales department or inside sales person themselves, we do a business plan where they plug in exactly what they'd like to make this year. And it reverse engineers it down into how many dials, contacts, contracts, met appointments, everything that they need to do per year to get to where it is that they want to go. So everything that we do is so systematic so that it can easily replicate results. And we're not trying to to recreate a wheel it's already created yeah and i think that that is why you guys are so successful that is why your clients are successful and i want i want to be able to real quickly i want everyone uh to quickly shannon uh first how can people reach out and get a hold of you so that they know where to reach out if they if they're just absolutely dazzled by your guys's intelligence and your systems and the way you've handled yourself on this interview how can they reach out to you and hire you to ramp up their business okay so they can definitely reach out to me at shannon at kathleenspeaks.com or they can email admin at kathleenspeaks.com, whichever one works. Definitely they can get a hold of me. If they want my autograph, I can send it to them. Nice. The modesty is abounding with you. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so Shannon, uh, Kathleen, how can people get a hold of you as well? By emailing Shannon at KathleenSpeaks.com. <laughs> no, yeah, really, Shannon, I'm not even joking. Shannon does all of our strategy calls. Uh, she's phenomenal. Like, we don't do sales pitch. We What you're asking, hey, do you do strategy? We do that for every single person as our initial consultation. So we ask them a couple of pages. Like, it allows them to have a lot of an understanding of where their business is at, what level they're at. Then they tell us where they want to go. We tell them exactly what systems we think they need to put in place, what's the best strategy to get there. And then if they want our help, hey, cool. If they don't, that's totally all right, too. That is awesome. That is such a needed thing. A lot of people, they don't, a lot of companies don't treat people as people. They treat people as a number and a product and as a cattle. Just move them on through, brand them with their brand, and then take them off to slaughter. Who cares if they get turned into pancakes or hamburgers or if they get turned into, you know, milk cows? They don't give a shit. You guys actually care about your clients, and that is the part that I love about having you guys on the show. Um, Okay, guys, you have their information. You can reach out to them. Use these two brilliant women to build up your inside sales. Get your sales numbers up. You know, that's why we have them on the show, because uh, we see in tremendous value in them. We also see tremendous value in uh, the sponsor of our show, and that is Wise Hire. Wise Hire, guys, if you're looking to hire, this is and this goes hand in hand. This might work really well for you ladies, uh, because Wise Hire, what they do is they help, they can help hire for any position in your real estate team. You know, admin, buyer side, seller side, you know, specialist, anything that you want. They've provided me over 500 applicants for my job for the sale outside sales rep for my real estate radio show that I do every Sunday. And they, I worked with them and then we tweaked the ad a little bit. Bam. I immediately blew up again on ads. So they are phenomenal. If you're looking to grow your business, go to wise hire, get a good applicant, then bring that good applicant over to these ladies, have them train this applicant to do the job they need to do. Okay. So I'm not sure if Matt can hear me or not, but if he can, we're going to give him a couple of seconds to pick a color 
of the bow that we're going to put on this show. And if we can't, I want you ladies to pick a color. So we're going to give Matt a couple of seconds as I chatter on like a drunk monkey on a branch over here. I see him smiling, so we'll see what happens. And I don't know. Nope, he's going to stay muted. Wait, All right, girl. Wait. wait. No, let's go. Oh, let's you're go here. Gold. You're here. Gold, gold, gold. Yes, I'm here. Okay. I've been, I've been listening. It's just been the effort. Like, I catch every other word or something. So I get the general gist of it, but not quick enough to uh, jump in. But, uh, yeah, let's go with a gold bow on this one as well in honor of the, uh, of the logo. Okay, gold bow it is. Ladies, thank you for coming. You guys have been a wealth of knowledge. It's been incredibly awesome. And in honor of you, we're putting a gold bow on this show. And, guys, we couldn't do this show without you guys watching and listening to us, either on Facebook, Instagram. Well, you don't watch us on Instagram. We watch us on YouTube or on iTunes. So go to iTunes. Give us a 5- or 15-star review. Give us some love so that iTunes will share this out to more people. Um, but until next episode, guys, just know that Matt and I love you. And we're going to keep bringing some good stuff back. But until then, peace out, ninjas! We're gone.